You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Alabama fight song is we get ready to talk some Alabama Crimson Tide football, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're going to open up Alabama tradition. Mark Houston is going to join me coming up in just a couple of seconds, and we're going to talk a lot of Alabama Crimson Tide football. And really, it's it's perfect for us to recap Alabama and Ole Miss from his perspective. Martin uh, was known as not just a great fullback, but a guy that would pick up those blitzing linebackers and uh, understands that position as well as anybody. I cannot wait to kind of ask him about this. Him and I have not done lunch this week, and so I want to ask him about that because Jace McClellan, Jace McClellan goes down with an injury. Who steps into that role? We're going to talk about that and the responsibilities, and uh, we'll see where Alabama goes. But Alabama does get the win, and we'll talk about it with Martin coming up in just a couple of minutes. But you start every show with an appreciation of the offensive line. When you look at this offensive line, had a good performance. Nick Saban talked about that. We're going to play that audio coming up here in just a couple of seconds, and we'll dive into a lot of different things, talking about Alabama's defense, Will Anderson, uh, with what he was able to do. Uh, nine tackles for a loss, two and a half tackles for, uh, excuse me, nine tackles. That'd be kind of crazy, nine tackles for a loss. That'd be some kind of record, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> um, nine tackles total, two and a half tackles for a loss, one sack, two quarterback hurries. Uh, the Terminator continues doing what he's able to do. And as Lane Kiffin told us in a post-game press conference, uh, he said, I know the guy's got one more year to go, but he would be uh, the number one overall pick. So Will Anderson doing Will Anderson-type things. You know, I, I brought up this Heisman Trophy for Bryce Young. Remember my bold prediction back in, like, July? He don't even lead the team in sacks, Ryan. I know, but the the, the poll that, you know, Heisman voters are – presented with is you vote for the best player in college football a defensive player has got to have stats i know i get it and you know i love will more than anybody but he ain't got the sacks yet and you you got eight games to to, to figure it out (laughs) well and and you even less than well let's see yeah so you have less than well seven and then the sec championship yeah yeah so right eight games eight games so Probably not going to happen. But, I mean, as you start kind of digging, I heard you talking about it this morning off the edge. When you look at outside of that field, like it's hard to make a case for anybody else. I mean, like, this is crazy, but as we entered the month – no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. But I said it. <laughs> I know you did. and But it is is if Bryce just continues, just let's, throw, let's say throw for 225, 230, couple, three touchdowns. I don't know right now if there's another player out there that can knock him out. It just who do you look at? I mean, you, I know you talked about Mac. We're not going to put up big statistics uh, there, but unless Bryce just loses it, uh, Mac, Rau, you're 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 out of it. And I'm sure you probably see that frustration 
Uh, Will Anderson was a big part of that. Let's go to Nick Saban talking about this offensive line. When you look at the University of Alabama, seems like we've settled in on that group. I didn't think the offensive line at that center spot. Sorry, Darian. That was a lot of high snaps, man. You're going to get the quarterback killed against better quality teams uh, on the defensive side of the football. This is Nick Saban talking about that offensive line. Offensive line, um, sort of the player of the week award because we thought as a group uh, they did a very, very good job um, collectively uh, and individually. So um, I, I can't sit here and say, you know, I'd pick one guy out and say that guy really played well. I think if you talk to every guy, you know, they would say that there's something they could have done a little better. Um, so, but we, we, we were, we did what we needed to do in that game. Um, and the offensive line was a big part of it. Well, I think they've improved every week, uh, as they gain experience and knowledge and play together. I think, you know, there's been, you know, steady improvement. Uh, but each week's a new challenge, and uh, we're going to play against a really good front seven this week. So this will probably be the most challenged they've been, you know, all season long. So to continue to progress is, I think, going to be a really um, key part for us to have success against this defense. So when you look at nine starters coming back on the defensive side of the football for A&M, we'll break that down and we'll look ahead to Jimbo Fisher. When you look at Jimbo Fisher going up against a teammate or excuse me, a former head coach, uh, Nick Saban. Uh, Nick Saban could go to 25-0, and 25-0 against former assistant coaches. So we're going to talk a lot of Alabama Crimson Tide football. We're going to share some thoughts. We're going to look ahead. We're going to just look ahead at this Alabama domination of the Ole Miss Rebels. And uh, we'll get even some phone calls in here as well. And uh, Martin Houston is going to be joining me in just a couple of minutes. And, uh, like I said, we'll work in a lot of different things here. Why don't we take a few uh, little phone calls here? Robert and Mobile, you're first up, man. How are you? Hey, guys. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. My bad. My bad. We went to you pretty quick. Uh, Martin's going to be yeah. joining me here in just a couple of seconds. What's on your mind, Robert? Hey, yo, well, I guess I want to get my score prediction in. So that, uh, hey, will you, was will you, let me say this. Will you do it tomorrow, please? Oh, sure. Because if I do it today, I'm going to have to do it for everybody today. So I try to create, uh, treat everybody equally. So uh, I, I know we, we sometimes, when Martin's not here, we'll roll it right into Alabama tradition. But if it's okay, uh, can we do it tomorrow, please? Oh, sure. That's no problem. If, if that would, if that, if that would, because if, if not, I'm going to be doing it all the way through this Alabama tradition part. So, What's well, on? yeah, like, well, like I said from yesterday, uh, which I guess I never did get Pete Golding, his uh, uh, props for, uh, coming through, because, you know, like I said, it would have been Nick Saban. Well, I, I mean, it's Nick Saban defense, and they actually did what I thought they were going to do. <laughs> so, do. So do we give Nick Saban credit here? I mean, is this – like, if they perform well, don't we give Nick Saban the credit? If they perform bad, we put it on Pete Golding, and that the way it works? Yeah, that's how kind of how it's supposed to work. So, I can, <laughs> no, I, mean, I give up. I mean, the, the defense did play well. And uh, Golden did a better they – did, they did a better job, and Golden did a better job of scheming this time. And, and people and, act like that that's a, that's a strange thing. It happened with Kirby Smart. I remember right. what we called third we, – we called it third and Kirby. Did we not? Because <laughs> – I forgot about that. We did. I mean, we, 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 as a group of Alabama fans, we called Kirby smart when he was here. We called it third and Kirby. Third and Kirby. That's what we did. 
Uh, it was a bit hard to take this time, you know, and was only the, really the only game was Florida that got us all, you know, uh, upset with the, uh, with the way things were. Because what we were hearing on the off season, we were looking for our defense to be like Georgia's coming out of the gate on the off season. You know, from the whole thing we were hearing, and when that didn't quite happen with the especially with the Florida game, that's what you know. Say okay, let's think it's more the same. But we'll keep finding out as the time goes on. And like last year, the defense improved as time went on. Especially they, like say, they did finally shut down Ohio State, which was in the lead offense at, in the college football last year, and hold them under twenty-four points. Now that's shut. That's what you do. That's the, only, the most you can do against the lead offense. Now, like I'm saying, these next week, uh, next game with Alabama and Georgia is going to tell us a lot about both teams, as I keep saying. I'm really curious how they how they beat these beat A and M. I don't want I don't want Texas A and M overachieving the way Florida overachieved with the defense, you know the uh, the letdown on on the defense and to, to the offense to a degree as well. Uh, let's let's uh, Texas A and M back at this game. I mean, if we have them down twenty one to three, that game should end uh, 41, 42 to fourteen at the most, or forty two to thirteen at the most. It shouldn't be. We it shouldn't be that oh that we get stalled and all of a sudden now we're in a dogfight with them. Even if it's on the road, if we handle it that way, yeah, I think we're ready to take on Georgia. If we don't, then okay, we'll still need more work to do. And same way with Georgia. Okay, let's see what you if Auburn's, if you can't run the ball, your quarterback they can actually throw for three hundred four hundred yards against a good against a big good defense. Do you? We'll find out, I guess, if you can't run, what can Georgia do if someone shuts down the run? Robert, here's the big so question. Can Alabama beat Georgia twice? I mean, it's not just once. You're right. going to right. have to beat them twice. Right. Can you beat them twice? I mean, and, and the flip side of that Good is we, we had one of the callers earlier said, well, can they beat us twice? Good question also. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, of course, we're more. I believe we can more likely beat them twice than they can beat us twice. Uh, and the game with the Georgia has against Auburn will tell us that because if they you know, that defense, I mean, the offense gets shut down once again the way Clemson shut them down. Then, uh, then you have to then, uh, then Georgia has to worry about their offense. Do they have the offense to carry them to a championship? Because you can't rely on your defense to shut people uh, to keep everybody under ten points, especially the elite lead offenses, which they have yet to play an elite offense. So when when that happens, can you do it? If your, if your offense can't score with them, then that's a huge problem. That would happen to Alabama with uh, Jalen Hurts when the, you know when we went to the first championship with him. Now he the offense scored more points, but wore out the defense. And I think that's something Alabama can do against Georgia if if their offense stalls and continues to stall, continues to go three and out. They'll eventually wear out their defense. So that's something. So that is can beat them twice. But you're right. That's exactly what's going to have to happen. We'll, they'll have to play twice. Uh, chances are, it depends on what the committee wants. If the committee wants a good national championship game, they won't force Alabama and Georgia to play in the in their playoffs, and they'll make them play and let them allow them to play in the national championship. Otherwise, they'll just force them to play in the playoffs to avoid two SEC teams being in the national championship again. Okay, great, you have a great playoff game, but your national championship game will suck because either team is going to mop up the floor or whoever the competition is. Well, and then your ratings will just be trash. Because, you know, if you look back at Alabama, the way they beat Ohio State, that was a low ratings because it was it was out of it was out of hand, right? I mean, that game was under control, 
and uh, people didn't. And I'm not talking about Alabama and Ohio State fans. I'm talking about the casual college football fan. Once the game was out of hand, it's done, and and they all tuned in to watch Alabama get beat. And but it didn't happen. But uh, hey, Robert, always appreciate you, man. I hope you have a great rest of your day. All right, go. Uh, we're gonna go to Martin Houston coming up on the other side. He is with me. We'll talk some running backs. We'll talk some Alabama Crimson Tide football. We'll get his biggest takeaway and a lot more right here on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. You are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide football on a Tuesday. It's Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Martin Houston, who hosts the Martin the morning show beginning at 6 a.m., uh, the Martin Houston show. Martin, I hope your day is going great. Welcome into Alabama tradition. It's going great, Ryan, and glad to be in uh, uh, back in again. Football season kind of um, plays havoc on my schedule, but. Uh, not not able to make it to practice today, so I'm glad to be with you. Well, let's uh, we're going to talk a little Alabama Crimson Tide football. Let's go back to the Alabama Ole Miss game. Alabama came out with a pretty dominating performance. Um, I've not been able to hear uh, your analysis each morning there at 6 a.m. and I know I invite people to do it. They archived on Facebook, but uh, your biggest takeaway from Alabama getting the win over Ole Miss. Well, you know, Ryan, I had kind of told you I felt like this game was going to be a little different uh, than the, the previous year. I think Lane Kiffin did a great job the year before, kind of snuck up on Alabama. But uh, that this year, that you know, that we would see the defense finally, you know, live up to some of the hype around it. So my my biggest takeaway is that that was a well prepared team, well coached team uh, that um, that that, you know, kind of um, took care of the business from start to finish. For the most part, I know Nick Saban said that, you know, there was some issues regarding finishing, and I, I get that. But, you know, my, my thing is if a team keeps having problems finishing consistently, maybe it's not the players, it's the coaches. Uh, but, uh, you know, I say that with, uh, with, with the fact that that team that showed up Saturday was a well-coached team that was well-prepared to play and executed uh, when the game mattered and was on the line at the highest level I've seen both sides of the ball operate in a long, long time. So, Martin, when when you look at so many different things, and I even heard you know your teammate giving you credit uh, about Brian Robinson, and Jay Barker, who does our 
midday show from 12 until 2 with Lars Anderson. I mean, he gave you a lot of credit talking about Brian Robinson and how much you believed in him. Uh, is it really about getting him the number of carries? Because you've said that about him before, that you think he's one of those guys that he just gets better as the game goes on and on and on. I don't know if you, you know Alabama's going to be able to get him 36 carries. I'm not sure if he wants 36 carries, but uh, it did seem it did seem when you gave him more carries, he was a much productive back. Yeah, I, I do think is you can tell like like guys who are flashy run like like say you were to move JoJo Earl to to running back, he he would be a guy that you know he would look like a really good running back because he could take it to the house every time he touches it. And he doesn't need a lot of a lot of touches. But one of the things that's hard, if you've never played the game, uh, it's hard for you to understand. But some guys actually, Ryan, as they start getting the contact, they get looser and they start feeling it a little bit more. And then they, they just get into – in baseball, they call it a zone. In basketball, they call it a zone. Running back can get into a zone as well. Pastors can get into a zone. And I just think that um, the more you see it, the more you run that play, you realize that when that guy lined up, he's cut making this cut versus that cut. And if you're not a guy that's, you know, twitching your muscles, you need to be able to feel that a little bit more and pre-read it a little bit more. And I think that's the type of back that Brian Robinson is. Now, Brian said he, even in the post-game press conference, he said, I've never at any level, high school, any level, received over 30 carries. So, right. And you could tell, man, he was tired. And I think the, the part that you go back to even credit, and I'm sure if Alabama would have been playing, you know, a, a little bit difficult, you know, more difficult opponent against Southern Miss, then they would have probably played him then. But they held him out. So even more so with that injury – he still took the workload. And, and so, to me, I give him a little bit more just for taking that responsibility with an injury. Yeah, he, he, I think that they knew – I think he could have played, you know, um, in that Southern Miss game. But they knew what was coming. And, you know, I don't know if you thought about this, but would you say that the old Miss game last year was kind of Najee's coming out party as well? That, that after that after that game – we saw less and less of Brian Robinson in the contributing role. Not saying that we're going to have another Najee Harris type of year, but I do think that Brian Robinson shows that, hey, if you give me the touches, I can get stronger uh, like Derrick Henry and like Najee Harris. I can get stronger as the game goes along so you don't have to worry about wearing me out. And I think we're going to see that happen. And then the other part, Ryan, is does he pick up, you know, the reception that Jace McClellan was getting? And if that's the case, we will see some of that Najee Harris-esque type of use from Brian Robinson. What did you see from the offensive line? Uh, I, I, I thought they played their best game um, as a unit. Um, I, I think that there was still a couple of plays, but overall, I think they played played much better. And the question I had, Ryan, is was this a result of of 
better communication from Dow Court, which helps the offensive line. But is that why we all of a sudden saw him almost like relapse and have some Chris Owen moments and snaps because he was focused on making sure all of the calls. Think about the great centers we've had from Ryan Kelly and Barrett Jones, and and you can continue to name those guys. They were the they were the ones who did all of the communication, and did we finally trust the freshman or the sophomore uh, with that duty enough? Um, and in doing so, we were better as an offensive line, but you know his role as center suffered a little bit, and will that get better? I don't know if that's why they played better or not, but that's what my thoughts were um, going forward. Well, when you look at Alabama's offensive line, I, I've said this a couple times. You pointed it out there. You got to clean those snaps up, and I don't know if it's you know if you want to put some of that on Bryce or if you want to put some of that on Darian, wherever you want to put it at. They, they got to fix that. You you may not be able to you know Ole Miss may not be able to take advantage of it, but there's some other teams uh, that that little bit of second nanosecond can throw off the play action. It can throw off the RPO. All these rhythm routes. It it, it can be a problem. What? What are you What are you saying could be a problem? The snap, the snap. Oh, oh, absolutely. And where to where to throw it off, Ryan, is that he has to take his eyes off the, you know, uh, take his eyes off uh, of of what he's reading. You know, if if like if it's a pre read, and and he's looking at it. And great example I, I can give you, Ryan. When Tua threw that first pick. Against Clemson, the difference between that being a touchdown and not was him seeing what happened out there in terms of the, the I think it was two things. I think, of course, it was a missed block. Uh, but also that corner didn't drop like he thought. And, and the difference between seeing that, and I'm not saying that's why Tua threw that interception, but the difference between seeing that is see, having your eyes on it and having to take your eyes off to get the ball and then looking back and then throwing it. So um, it, it can definitely be a game changer. Well, just overall, it was a great performance by Alabama, and it was yeah. uh, just a lot of fun to watch these guys. And it kind of reminded me, as you know, you and I have talked about, uh, just a old-school Alabama, uh, the way that they play defensive side of the football. Uh, Henry Toa Toa, great game. Uh, DeMarco Hellams, man, I, I know this guy misses a few tackles, but you've almost got to give him enough credit to get there. Like he gets there, and sometimes maybe over, you know, pressures or whatever. But uh, you got to give him credit, man. He's always there. He loves to put his nose uh, into those tackles. He's a, he's a physical guy. I didn't realize he was that physical. I don't remember him being that physical last year. I don't know. Um, but but he definitely is a physical guy, and he made several tackles, Ryan that led to fourth down. I mean, literally, like the guy, if you it looked like the guy was going to get the first down. And then, boom, all of a sudden, he, he hit him, and that guy was stopped. Uh, and, you know, Ryan, I mean, we about uh, – I had people tell me they were just going to stop listening to my show because one of my callers called in um, and gave Pete Golden credit. Uh, and they said, well, you know, uh, I guess we need to just shut everything down because this guy <laughs> gave Pete Golding uh, positive comments, and and that's been kind of fun to see for him. I know it's been a 
rough couple of years, and he he re- he really has had a had a tough time. But well, Saturday, we've actually voted. We voted today. I don't know if you you were not part of it, but um, if it, if it goes well, it's Nick Saban's. Um, he did good. If it went bad, we're putting on Pete Golding. That's right. <laughs> so if they shut out Texas a and it'll be Nick Saban's responsibility. If they score 55 points, Pete Golding, here Pete we Golden. come back. And, yeah, that's right. But, that's right. But, Martin, and, and I said this uh, to one of the callers. I said, what was any different when Kirby Smart was here? I mean, we, we did the same thing with him. I mean, I remember what we called it. it was oh, absolutely. Third and Kirby. We we could, that was the, we had a name for it because third down yeah. was a problem down for Alabama. We couldn't get off the field, so we right. called it third and Kirby. Uh, it just right. <laughs> we didn't call it third Nick. I mean, we we thought we called it third <laughs> Kirby. So the the, the defense coordinator Alabama is a different level of expectations. Yeah, it is. And and, and the, hey, whoever was calling the play, uh, the game they called was even better than our performance because. Uh, we had quite a few missed tackles, especially early on, where it was almost like we knew what he was gonna gonna call, and we were there waiting on it. So uh, it was really uh, a well well called game. And Ryan, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you thought about this, but I had said it on my show a couple weeks ago when Drew Sanders was, you know, after he had a couple games, and people were saying that he's can't do this and can't do that and I said I know he's the same age as Will Anderson but if I go back and look at Will Anderson playing in his fourth game and I and I look at Drew Sanders playing in his fourth game then Drew Sanders is ahead of where even Will Anderson was last year Uh, and and so I said if you project forward that Drew Sanders after he gets a bye week and gets some talking you remember how Will Anderson came out after that bye week and he was like a different player? I do. Last year? Yeah. 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 You it brought was, it up. You know, and what what happens is these guys, man, they're freshmen and they're playing and, and, and Drew Sanders is not a freshman, but this is his first year playing and every week he's having to learn a new film, you know, a new new game plan. And, and so they're trying to correct stuff he's doing wrong while teaching him the next week. Well, then they get a bye week and guess what happens? Everything slows down, and all of those reps and all those corrections kind of get worked on, and then they get a week, and they get to put it all together. And just think about how good this defense could be, Ryan, if Toa Toa continues to improve, uh, Drew Sanders continues to improve, and we've seen what Chris and Chris and you know Will can do. You're talking about four really, really, really good linebackers um, that can change the game. And then that's not to count what's happening with the D-line, which seems to be getting better, uh, especially with the insertion of Tim Smith. Well, uh, defensive line, just overall, I mean, listen, I, I think something as simple as the punting is better. It just we're, – we're headed in the right direction – uh, cleaning up some things, trying to find a way to get Alabama a little bit better. We're going to talk about that. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Hot! It's awesome. You're having no fun. Have some fun, man. Talk.
talking Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Some Alabama Crimson Tide football. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. I want to go back to some audio here of Nick Saban talking about the backs because I want to pick Nick uh, Martin's brain on the running backs because Jason McClellan goes down with an knee injury and, you know, it's next man up. Even Nick Saban talked about emergency responsibilities and uh, the possibility of having to look to guys because, you know, here's the unfortunate part. Uh, you hope that there's no further injuries, but there could be, and you got to have somebody ready uh, here we go with Nick Saban talking about the running backs and uh, where they're going to go from here. Well, it's really important, but we've kind of lost two guys at the position. I mean, five is a good number to have, but uh, now we have three. So, But I think that would be the case in any position. Uh, you lose guys in any position, two or three guys in any position, and it challenges your depth. And um, so that's the case. Uh, and Hopefully you don't get snake bit and lose a bunch of guys at one position, which really can have a, an impact on your team. That's tough with Jace McClellan. I thought he was having a great season, Martin. Uh, tough when anybody goes down, but uh, just disappointing to see a young man that was starting to peak and, and really playing pretty good football for us. Yeah, I agree. I think that Jace was uh, well on his way of, establishing himself as, you know, a playmaker, Ryan, and the guy you could count on and lean on and had, had really carved out the niche of being a receiving back, you know, uh, as the guy, the go-to guy. So um, I, I, I agree. I think that we, we got some challenges ahead, and uh, we can see what happens from there. Well, let me ask you, because I remember you talking about Roy Dell Williams, and, and I go back to – watching him play high school football. Uh, I remember asking you what you thought of him. We've watched him develop as a player, uh, but do you see enough in Roy Dell that, that you can say he's going to be a solid number two guy? And and what are some things that you think he needs to work on from a former back perspective? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, he, he was clearly the third back, Ryan, but I don't know that he will necessarily move to the second back. Um and and I know that sounds crazy, but um, I think with Jace and um, Brian that they were not the same, but they were close enough. And then Rodell was kind of the changeup. And so, don't be surprised if Trey Sanders doesn't necessarily get 
more reps because there are certain run plays that I think that Brian Robinson and Jace were better at than Rodell, and Rodell will be better at the other. And based on which one those are, Trey could actually be better at certain plays that may be called more frequently than Rodell. With that said, I do think that Rodell is a, a good number two guy because he is a changeup. Uh, he runs and plays a lot bigger than his stature, plays a lot stronger than that. And um, you remember Ken Darby? I do. Yeah, sure. And, and I think he, I think he kind of has some of that, that type of you know toughness in him, and um, and and so I think he's a he's a tougher runner than you think, but he is a changeup guy and. You know, um, I don't think we're going to see a game where he gets 37 carries, but I think he could be a guy that could help, you know, uh, and be very effective if he's getting into that 10 to 12 touches. Martin, it it is really – I want you to walk me through understanding pass protection because we get it, but what is the challenges? Because, you know, I mean, here here I'm going to go elementary on you. Uh, see a guy, block a guy, right? But it's more yeah. than, than that. I mean, you see a blitzing guy, take him on, knock his feet out from under him, okay? But what is it that makes that such a challenge? Because we've watched back struggle with this. I mean, Derrick Henry, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him, but you go back to 2013, he played against Oklahoma, had a great game in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Nick Saban said, well, you know, they asked him, said, well, why did, why did he not play more? He said, well, he, he wasn't there ready to take on that responsibility. But why is that such a struggle uh, for you know, picking up pass protection. Well, well, you have to know what your role is as well as the guy in front of you, okay? I mean, when I when I say the guy in front of you, I'm talking about the offensive line. Like, there's protection calls that's given for the offensive line, uh, and when you hear that protection call for the offensive line, it then gives you a protection. Uh, you know, for instance, you may be the guy who has to check a – B gap, A and B gap, or you may be the guy that checks the first guy off the end, uh, in line of the uh, on the uh, line of scrimmage, um, and and then Ryan. Here's the hard part, and this is why young guys struggle with it. Uh, is when you call, um, say say it's tornado, and that, that that's not a fake, but just for conversation purposes. And you say tornado, and that means that I'm going to check uh, the A and B gap to the left, okay? <laughs> and and if the linebacker run through, then I pick them up, right? Well, when you t- and if they don't come through, you run a, a, a check down route or check out, check in type of route. So you release. Guess what young guys do? They never see the blitzer. Oh, they want to do what? They want to get in the route. Sure. They want to be the check down guy. When the quarterback starts scrambling, you'll see them like <laughs> watch a game Saturday ride. You'll see a you'll see a young guy like running in front of the quarterback from the running back position, waving his hands. And the reason the quarterback is scrambling is because he didn't block his guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's like throwing to me, I'm open. But but really, you should have been blocking. And that's what that's what that's what the question you're asking is why is that? First of all, you have to get the call. Second of all, you have to to make sure 
that you know where you're going and which guy you're supposed to block. And then third, you have to make sure that you don't release too early. Now, when I played, I pretty much became known as a guy. I never hardly went out in the route, even when I could have, because I would help out with an offensive lineman. One of the things that that you'll see really good backs do, Ryan, is when they're going out to their route. And you know how you see guys getting around Chris Owens? I do, yeah. It, 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 there, there would have been so many times as a fullback that, that I would be releasing out into the route, and as I passed by, I would hit that guy's right shoulder or left shoulder, and then that would slow him down enough and give the tackle a chance to get back in front of him. Ah, um, gotcha. Okay. So, so, and I would not – I would still go on on my route, but I would just bump that guy with my forearm or with my shoulder or stick my hand out. It's just little things like that that you can do that helps that, that people don't see and, and, you know, and then some guys physically just cannot take on a linebacker, can't take on a de- Russian defensive end. And that, that, that's some of it. A lot of times it's the mental game. So when you, when you look at it, we've got uh, three backs and Martin, I, I, I hate this transfer portal in certain situations. I, I think that it's okay. I, but there's certain things that I just wish that I could go, Patience, patience, patience. Where would Keelan Robinson be in this <laughs> offense? He, he, would, he would be the number two guy uh, if he wasn't the number two guy already. And I think he's you know, like four string out in Texas. Yeah, he would be. He would definitely be a, a, a change-up guy, Ryan. And, and uh, to me, he, he, would be, he would be King and Drake, you know, King and Drake, uh, to Henry, uh, that's what he would be to Brian Robinson, I think. We're going to talk a lot about Texas A&M. We're going to wrap up the loose ends. It's Alabama tradition. We'll talk some Alabama Crimson Tide football. we got some Nick Saban audio. We'll give our final predictions as Alabama takes on another former assistant coach under Nick Saban. Nick Saban looking for 25 straight wins against those guys. Undefeated streak on the line. We'll talk about the disappointment that's happening in College Station and a lot more. That's next, right here on Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy, occasional showers likely, maybe a few thunderstorms through tonight. The high today, 75, tonight's low, 65. Another wet day tomorrow, cloudy with periods of rain, maybe a few thunderstorms as well. The high tomorrow at 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The host of the game, Ryan Fowler, and the host of the Martin Houston Show, Martin Houston, have combined to offer a show filled with in-depth analysis of Alabama football and more. Alabama Tradition broadcasts live on Tide 100.9 every Tuesday from 6 to 7 p.m. and is available live and on playback on numerous affiliates around the Southeast. Check out alabamatradition.com for a list of affiliates as well as other great content.
back into Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. I want to play a quick audio clip, and then we'll get back with uh, – I'll get Martin to give some analysis on this. But this is Nick Saban talking about leadership uh, when you look at the Alabama Crimson Tide and where he sees leadership currently on this football team going into week number six. Well, I, I, yeah, I think that, um, you know, I've talked about that we have quite a few young guys on our team. Um, we don't have a real senior laden team. Uh, and I think the more that the younger guys have success, uh, the more confident that they uh, will be in terms of how they express their leadership uh, to affect other people. Uh, we've got a lot of young guys that set a really good example in terms of how they do things. Uh, there's two parts of leadership, though. You know, you got to have people who lead, but you got to also have other people on the team that recognize leadership and follow along and, um, you know, take the example that they see and implement that in their play and believe that, you know, that's going to be beneficial to helping them, you know, get what they want. Uh, creating the right habits is, you know, something that um, every player needs to understand the importance of that so that you're well prepared. And when you do get an opportunity, uh, you're going to be able to take advantage of it. Justin, uh, you have studied leadership for a long length of time. Uh, what'd you get out of that? You know, he, he hit several key things there, Ryan, but, but the most important part is modeling the behavior that you want to see. And, um, and sometimes you can't be that model till you get some game experience. Uh, when you don't have a senior Layton team, and then it's magnified because you had a senior Layton team the year before, that means you have like a, a leadership gap that exists, uh, and you can't fill it. You, you can't fill it until there's some experience. And, and now when guys say, this is what we need to do. They're not doing it out of just saying it. They're showing it from the way they've done it. And guys will respond to that. And I think that's what he was trying to say is this team now we're five games into the season. We already have some young guys setting good examples. But now they're, they're confident that what they were saying before the season started, they're now modeling it. And they can help hold the other guys accountable because through the ups and downs of the season, they've shown themselves to be able to to live up to the expectations that were set on them by the guys last year. So let me ask you this, and I made a reference to this because, you know, things didn't go that way, you know, that well done in Gainesville. But if you look at Alabama, uh, leadership was needed there. But how about after a, a win and a convincing win? Now, you didn't play. You played 75%. You didn't finish the game, as Nick Saban has told us multiple times. But when you take a look at this team, how important is leadership to help get the other guys to understand that the goal wasn't just to beat Ole Miss. It's to hoist up another trophy. How key is leadership when things are going great? Uh Probably just as important, Ryan, if not more, uh, because what happens is is two things. You know, leadership is good or bad, right? Sure. Like, like, <laughs> and so, so uh, sometimes when things are 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 bad, 
then it forces people to leave because they it, it's obvious that that this person that's over here that's throwing his helmet or or talking bad or or down or negative, it's easy to go address that, right? So so, so you you see that guy and they they're easily identifiable and if you're a leader you're able to to, to hit that head on. But when things are going good and a guy is giving 75% versus 90, that's, uh, I mean, versus 100, or 85 versus 100, that's not easily discernible. You know, uh, they're at practice, uh, they're going through the motions, they're not necessarily doing anything wrong, they're, they're, but they're not doing it at the, the Bama way, you know, the, the process is not being fully bought into. So that's why leadership, when things are going good, can become even more important because guys can 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 taper off or slack up or or not keep pushing because it is good. And as you said, they think that they've arrived and they don't understand that that Ole Miss is not the end of the race, but you know just one next the next step in the process. So. Leadership will be the ones that help them understand that the hill is just now starting to climb and that it's going to get steeper and harder. Hey, Martin, we got about five minutes left, and I want to go to Texas A&M prediction. And then if we can, I'd like to ask you another question um, and just survey the landscape. Let's remove Alabama and Georgia from the college football landscape because we know that those guys uh, are one and two. But as you look around college football, do you see the same thing? Because I, I look around and I just see a lot of parity, but I also see like not a lot of programs stepping up and stepping out. And I look at coaches. Uh, I, I'm not ready to rule off Dabo. Okay, I, I know there's a lot of people that are kind of, hey, he's drifting down. Well, I mean, you know, just because Nick Saban's able to sustain it every single year. It, it shows you and it makes you appreciate what he's been able to do. So uh, I think you can put them back in the conversation. But as you look around college football, you start looking at, at quality, quality, and I, I just don't see a lot. Like, you know, Jimbo Fisher's paid $9 million a year. Why is he paid $9 million a year? Because they can't find anybody else any better to go get a coach to pay more. Um, it just There just seems to be a lot of jumbled up quality on the head coaching side of things. Well, two things. First of all, Dabo uh, is facing what every other dynasty coaching coach has faced, uh, with the exception of Nick Saban. Sure. Um, I mean, that's just part of it, and it's cyclical, and, and I think he'll get it back going, but that's part of it. Jimbo Fisher, uh, I put him in the same boat as Harbaugh, the two most overrated coaches ever in the history of Jimbo Fisher caught lightning in a bottle with Jameis Winston. He is an eight and four coach. Look it up, search it up, count them out, take out the Jameis Winston years and tell me what his record is. Um, and they're getting exactly what they got from, uh, from the, uh, Kevin Summers. They're just paying more money for it. Um, uh, FYI. Uh, and then as far as, uh, parody in college football, uh, I think it's, it's here. Ryan, the question I asked on the Martin Houston show was, is it parody because of super seniors? Uh, 
um, and the transfer portal all coming together in a perfect storm for 2021? Or is this what we're going to have moving forward? Because the super senior, I think it's a difference maker. Um, you know, I, I think you got guys that would be in their second or first, second year of the pros playing college football another year. Uh, and I think it makes a big difference. So parity is, is there. Some of it's mediocrity. Some of it is just that there's a huge gap between one and two and, and everyone else, I think. I think that there's not bad football. It's just not as good as the top two. Uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll see how that pl- plays itself out. And if Bryce Young could continue at this pace, uh, he might win another Heisman Trophy. And uh doesn't look like right now there's too many that could even catch him if he just continues to maintain this right here. Uh, Martin, prediction? Will, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, will he be – does he have to win the Heisman um, and, and two national titles to be the, the, the best? If he just – Statistically, does why only, it, but why, Martin? Why only one Heisman? Well, okay, two. If he wins two, I don't think there's a question. But I think we, we're well on our way to potentially having our first one. Hey, uh, I got Bama winning. You that's about prediction. I got Bama winning the game. Of course, I'm not ready to give a score, sure. uh, but but I think that defense picks up. I think this is easy week, easy football for the defense because Jimbo Fisher doesn't have all the exotics. Speed, hurry up stuff. So I think defense plays lights out again. And I think the offense just continues to improve. And um, when you got two tight ends like ours and a quarterback that loves to, to throw it to them, uh, it's going to eventually open up those guys on the outside. So I'm thinking big game for uh, the wide receivers uh, this weekend as well. I think Alabama wins it, and I think they do it 48-21. 48-21's my prediction. That's Martin Houston. That's Jacob Harrison. This is Alabama Tradition. Martin, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. I'll see you at 2. All of our great lineup right here on Tide 100.9. Hillcrest Huddle coming up in just a couple of seconds right here on Tide 100.9. The home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports.